Hi, I'm Haley. And I'm Becky. And this is How to Not Get Killed. I figured I'd say my name differently. I don't know. It was just a little bit of a different tone there. Yeah, I was just like, it's going to be different today. And I'm Becky. And I might be Becky. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think I'm Becky. Results pending, but I'm <laughs> Becky. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, happy Halloween week. Oh, yeah, that is this week. It is the week of Halloween. It is the week. I've mm-hmm. had this <laughs> literally, I've had so many different costume ideas. I keep like texting Drew when he's at work. I'm like, okay, what about this? And then, so yesterday when we were out in Yorkdale, I texted him and I was like, oh, this is the best, this is the best costume. And then he even was like, where are we going? (laughs) And I was like, well, obviously just to the couch. And he was like, okay. (laughs) My great great idea for a couple's costume for me and Drew was to go as Ricky and Julian from Trailer Park Boys. Obviously I'd be Julian because of the black hair and I just wear black and I'll just walk around with a little drink and put on a mustache and (laughs) slick my hair back. But I feel like Drew would make a great Ricky. What is? Did she? Did she push your laptop? Is that no, 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 no. I just moved it because she was trying to. Taco was trying to trying use to my get laptop slice? as a scratch post. Yeah, yeah. Taco. Like <laughs> quite literally, nobody invited you here. Like, come here. She's just like sitting on the couch in between us, going back and forth because she's like, "There's nowhere else to go." And it's like, "But you put yourself here." Yeah, like no one forced you there. <laughs> um. Yeah, I fucking love Halloween. I think everyone should probably know this by now. I actually but. don't. Here's the thing is I actually don't think you've fully expressed to everybody how much you love Halloween. I really don't think our listeners know okay, to you, the extent you of You guys it. know, have you guys ever heard of like Christmas Day? Do you guys like understand like, you know, like no. how the excitement people feel on Christmas Day? What is that? It's just, it's just day. It's just, just okay. day with presents and stuff. Oh, and like present. fucking what the f- cookies Pre- and shit. You're supposed to get presents? You're supposed to, I think. I yeah. don't get any of those. That That's how I feel on Halloween. Yeah. Not not getting presents. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> not, not getting presents. <laughs> I feel like it's like, it's my Christmas. It is. I genuinely get more excited about Halloween than I do Christmas. Christmas is a very close second because I understand Christmas Everyone's is a great time. Everyone's allowed to have their favorite holiday. super fun and jolly and whatever. And there's loads of, you know, so you get the peppermint flavored things and stuff. But um, I just like, October is my favorite month. Fall is my favorite season. Halloween is my favorite day. My birthday is your favorite day. I know. Yeah, yeah. Becky's birthday as well. Well, I mean, October yeah. just in general is awesome. Is, it's your it's, it's your birthday. It's my mom's birthday. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah, like well, your Thanksgiving's mom freaking awesome. Your mom likes to refer to it as our shared birthday. <laughs> yeah, I know. And she clumps like, them together because it's yeah. just like it's like one grand yeah. event. Yeah. <laughs> well, to her, it's like actually yeah. it's just like <laughs> yeah. a theatrical it's event. Like it's our birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she'll message me and be like, "So what are we doing to celebrate this year?" As in, like <laughs> us as a unit. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm okay with this. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> this is happening. The Libras. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we're psychos. It's good. It's good. Uh, yeah. It's good stuff. But uh, yeah, I just love I just love everything. Yeah. Halloween. Oh, you know what we should do? I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to compile like a reel of like all all of your really, really good Halloween costumes because you always fucking Mine? nail it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because you nail it. And I think everybody just needs to see. Yeah. I, I love Halloween. I think like in yeah. one – like in my peak – costume making years where like i had more opportunities to go, like to go out to like parties or bars you would or whatever do, like, like multi I, yeah i think my in my peak years i would do like three costumes yeah 
I would do like a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday yeah. costume. Yeah, she goes a little, honestly, guys, she goes a little too hard. I would go a fucking Just a little hard, too hard. Hard. <laughs> I do one outfit. I'm like, that's it for the next four years. I'm still butthurt about nobody knowing that I was boo that one year. I know that's I don't so think upsetting. I've, I don't think I've dressed up since. Like, I think I'm just like traumatized. But Becky, <laughs> you, you need to. You know what? You need to get a little bit of a thicker skin on Halloween because you're either going as something that's super obvious that everyone knows what it is, like a cat or something, dude, or you're going as like an actual costume, and and there's a risk that people aren't going to know who you are because they're not cool. Okay, but in my opinion, this was a costume taco. Honestly. Like, I actually am getting annoyed because she's going to unplug something. Can I know. She's stop? literally going through all the wires. Like, come like, up here. Come up here where kitties belong. Come on. <laughs> That's it. Just relax, man. Man. Just relax. Relax, JB. That one's for Drew. That's for Drew. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to fuck. All right. Okay. Continue. I love Halloween. That's it. <laughs> I love lamps. I love scary movies. Yeah. I love candy. I love dressing up. I, I do. Yeah, I take a lot of pride yeah. in making my costumes. Um, Not because they're like the best costumes anyone's ever seen. I just I just think it's a lot of fun to like make my costumes. Yeah. I will buy like pieces for a costume. Like I might buy like props mm-hmm. or whatever. But, but I don't I don't usually go them. and buy like a full costume from a costume store because I like to like piece it together yeah. myself. That's I think, just, like, a fun I think that is me. more fun is like making it where it's just like i'm gonna i don't know build it from scratch yeah you know what since since we likely won't dress up as this i think we should at least tell people the idea i told you about yesterday for a couple's costume for you and me so that people can at least laugh with us yeah but we should do it one day though yeah we will do it should we keep it a secret then no, maybe we can just tell them because then one it. day when we do it, then people will be like, oh, yeah, they did it. They did it. They done did it, kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So everyone, I'm assuming by now you've seen season four of Stranger Things. If you haven't, you suck and you're dead to us. <laughs> <laughs> but Also, if you haven't, this won't spoil anything. It's just about something that they're wearing. Yeah. It's really just an outfit. But after Hopper and Joyce are like reunited, but they have to change clothes because they're all like raggedy and disgusting. They're wearing the same outfit. Mm-hmm. They're both wearing that like big puffy blue puffer with the like stripes on it and like the same yellow shirt underneath and like just like these baggy jeans yeah but so they're wearing the exact same outfit but when i first saw it it didn't hit me it was when i rewatched it that i was like you know what the size difference between them is hilarious which oftentimes for us the size difference i find hilarious because i feel like we just like we're like the the unit that just like looks funny because it's just like you're the short i'm the tall we just like it's comical, you know, when there's like just like I am very short, ish, but yeah. it's not a bad thing. You see, you no, say, no, that, you I say know. that like I'm saying it like an insult. No, like, no, 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 no. I am just, just it's the fact of it's life. It's a fact of life. Yeah. <laughs> just so I saw that and I was just like, well, obviously Haley is going to be a cute little Joyce. <laughs> I'm going to be Hopper and wear like a bald cap and put scruff on my face, and we're going as Joyce and Hopper in that outfit. I honestly feel like that would be a, hilarious. Such a good costume. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, such a good costume. I, I think I honestly just want to wear, like, a, a skin-colored swim cap. I think that's it. I think I finally need people to see my Adam Sandler head. I think that's what I need to do. Because whenever I say that, people are like, what is that? And I'm like, it's an egghead. I have an egghead. And then they'll, like, look. But because my hair kind of disguises it a bit, they're like, no, it's not. And I'm like, they no, it's there. They need to, you it's need, there. They need help visualizing your egghead. You egg know what? Head. New costume idea. I'm going as Adam Sandler this year. <laughs> that's such an easy outfit. Just get, like, a triple XL t-shirt. Some baggy jorts and your fucking some baggy jorts. That's so true. So true. Honestly, yeah. 
yeah uh, that's it's and I so already easy. have like I already have the look on my face like I couldn't possibly give a fuck less about anything <laughs> so <laughs> this is the perfect I love it this is perfect <laughs> if anyone else is just into Halloween as much as me just send us pictures of your costumes and like or Halloween decorations oh, you know I what? love that like outdoor decorations that people do oh my gosh I get should we do like a spontaneous j- this is in my head right now a spontaneous like prize type thing we're like okay send us your costumes or your halloween decorations and we're gonna pick like our favorites and give them a gift card or something sure let's do it so what what's the parameters let's come up with this right now either we'll we'll just pick out of like either halloween related decor yeah whether that's like indoor or outdoor or a costume and we'll pick what is like the coolest and most creative yeah we gotta tag us and then, or, you, or you can send it to us if you don't want to post it. I understand, yeah, like people, fine. You know, but but you can send it to us. Send us or tag whatever whatever. Email wrote. it to us or send it to us on Instagram yeah. or whatever. The deadline will be November first. Yeah. So yeah. you don't you don't got long. So from now until November first, you got to dress up, do whatever decorations, send it to us. We're gonna share them. We're gonna pick our personal favorite, like best best dressed and best lawn decoration. We'll have two prizes. Okay. There decided. There you go. That's fucking happening. <laughs> we and we haven't figured out the amount yet. Maybe I don't know. We'll figure it out. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll announce we'll it. Figure it out. By the time this airs, you'll know how you'll much it is. Know. We'll do a post. Yeah, I gotta write this down. <laughs> I don't even know where my. It's fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Good luck. We'll forget that we said Good this, luck. and then yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, you know, here's in the fine print. Me and Haley are not just, uh, excluded from this. We can easily win this competition. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I am dressing up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. You're not allowed to send it in because you'll win. Ah, we'll see. Especially if I'm picking, I'm going to be biased. <laughs> okay. We'll I am. Make, well, yeah. I am ordering colored contacts from Hillary. So. Oh my god, what are you going as? I I can't tell you. Shit, it's a secret. It's a secret. You bitch. It's a big reveal. Honestly, it's from a show I don't think that you watched, so don't don't feel too left out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. <laughs> Your water's going to spill everywhere. I think. Well, no, because. Oh my god. <laughs> there was zero control. <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm crying. I kind of forgot we were recording for a second. And it just happened. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to like any guy that like finds me attractive and was like all of a sudden like that was disgusting. They should find you more attractive now. Yeah, that's true. Actually, if not, then they're. And by any guy, there. I mean Drew. Listening, he's probably just like she's fucking <laughs> sick and like, guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Drew. He's like she's an embarrassment. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, I've also been sipping my coffee like very loudly too and like not. Oh, have you been slurping? I, have I haven't been, noticed. I didn't really – it's because I don't know why I just – it kind of – I think because we're able to lean back with these ones, I don't feel like we're recording. Yeah, I understand. It's a, it's, it's, the, different. it's the mics. They're and also, different. It's, yeah. it's also not having to peer at you over the pop filter. Yeah. It's really doing it for I me. I know. I feel like we're just like kind of having That's a conversation. That's why I'm like burping, farting, <laughs> slurping my coffee, just being myself. I can't remember where we were, but Luke and I were like at eating lunch at like a market or something on our trip. And I like, it was soup and I like did, it's like, you know, when you just don't even realize, but I did like, like the loudest <laughs> slurp ever. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and he just like looked at me and then he just immediately imitated it. Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, is that what I did? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes oh it's just the best way to enjoy it yeah honestly yeah proper eat your food messy do your thing live your life burp burp, burp as much as you need to burp a derp 
burp a derp <laughs> burp a derp it sounded like like simlish <laughs> yeah burp a derp oh my gosh okay All so right. for we thought it would be a fun halloween themed episode yeah um to do the history of the ouija board oh because we know how yeah Haley feels about ouija boards <laughs> yes we do we do i will make her do it at some point I- yeah. Wait, we'll <laughs> Every time I say it, you always get where you pause and make direct eye contact with me. I feel like, no, you will not. <laughs> it's so, yeah. And like I said, after researching and everything, I'm like, okay, like maybe I would, but it's just, I don't know. There's just something about it that really freaks me out. And I have used one before because I, like, I was a, a child once yeah. and everybody fucking, not everyone, but like it was you, very common you to go fuck around to with Toys R Us. You grab your Ouija board and <laughs> you go home with No, all man, your we would like, we would make them. Oh, you made yeah, them? Yeah, like, I I probably couldn't do it. I'd probably fuck it up now. But at a certain point in my, like, adolescence, I could just, like, write it all out by heart. Because, like, we made we would make them on, like, cardboard and then, like, use a shot glass instead of a planchette. And, like, just, like, we would just draw it all out with, like, marker. Yeah. That's what for, I mean. Here's my thing is for someone so terrified of them, you drew them out yourself. But that's what I mean is that I used to play with them when I didn't, like, I... Uh, it was like scary like we were obviously doing it to try and scare ourselves but then like later when i started watching like all the horror movies and like getting into all the paranormal stuff yeah. and whatever then i was like ooh oh i'm unlocking almost all of this starts the with a ouija realm. board i don't like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know what in this episode we'll find out why okay all but okay right. so um i think i referenced an article from this from smithsonian magazine when i was doing the patient's worth episode yes so through that article which also was, very good episodes go listen to those guys thank you and uh, in that in the beginning of part one of patient's worth i do a little brief history of like spiritualism yeah. and the ouija board so this part of that will be in it because that is just embedded in the history of like how the ouija board came about but i'm just gonna kind of like go a bit wider in in the story and everything but um there was another smithsonian article um that covers a lot of history of the ouija board that i'm pulling from so the author is linda rodriguez mcrobbie and i just want to credit her because she did a lot of really good research i don't know why um, mcrobbie i really like that last name i know it's cool it's kind of cool yeah um <laughs> she seems cool all right she's cool she's cool people <laughs> so historian robert merch has been researching the ouija board since 1992 and when he started out um, researching it, he found that the history of it was really, like, vague and elusive. Like, mm-hmm. there just wasn't a lot of information about it. Um, but the general understanding that that we now know um, from his research and other people's research is that the Ouija board was a product of America's obsession with spiritualism. Mm. Um, which, again, I covered a little bit in um, the Patient's Worth episode, which kind of, in America at least, came about the popularity of it between 1850 and 1900. So we're looking at like the late 19th century. Um, It was popularized in Europe before that, but it kind of then made its way over to North America and really boomed. And, and the Ouija board really came out of that. Pardon? I said, bibbidi bobbidi bobbidi Um, Yeah. Different kind of magic. Okay. Damn it. I thought I, I thought I nailed it there. I um she didn't use a Ouija board, I don't think. Can you imagine it's like Cinderella starts and she's using a Ouija board? She's like, hang on, let me just conjure <laughs> some mice to come and put your dress I'll on. I'll sell for my you. soul to the devil if yeah. I can marry that prince. <laughs> you said that was like the sexiest face ever, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was really committed to my role. Yes. Yes. So so this is where the Ouija board kind of sprung from. Um 
but yeah, apparently the Ouija board itself in the form that we know was not in use much before the 19th century, but there are other devices used to achieve the same purpose that were definitely in use. And uh, there are a lot of accounts and texts online um, that claim that there are records of Ouija boards being used throughout history. But through my research, which is kind of, I th- I thought from things that I had read in here and there or whatever, that the Ouija boards had been long in use, like way before the 19th century, because a lot of these accounts are mistaken for items that are similar to Ouija boards, but not actually Ouija boards. Okay. So, which I'll, I'll explain. Um, but basically, like, devices for used historically for spirit communication have been used long before the 19th century. Just not in the form of an actual talking board that we would know as a Ouija board. It's going to be another episode where tacos just, like, all up in our grill. Sometimes we don't know what her... Oh, there you go. What her motives are? Well, yeah, what, what her <laughs> like, end game honestly, is? Like <laughs> that's the thing with her is like I love her so much, but sometimes I'm like I know she's out for blood right now. Like, <laughs> uh, so for the, for the record, she annoyed Haley last night because Haley slept over to the point that Haley just got up and claimed defeat and took the couch and like gave Taco the bed. Yeah, she just like wouldn't let me sleep. She just no. kept trying to walk on my face. Like literally, like, I don't know how any any other way to put it. There's she just no kept other trying way to, to walk it. on my face. She was just being rude. And then when I came over to the couch, I was so pissed because she came over to the couch. She's such a bitch for sometimes. a little bit, and then she went back to the bed. But I was like, "You fucking bitch." She's yeah. That's what I mean. She's out for blood. She's just like. And the thing is, it's funny we're saying this because Taco actually is like so sweet, and she does it. With she is love. She's a lovely cat. She does it with love, but she has no idea how annoying she's she just being. doesn't. You know, when no you have that boundaries. friend who has like no social awareness. Yeah. That's taco. taco. <laughs> yeah. And also no boundaries where it's just like you we know to not talk into somebody's mouth. Like <laughs> you know that it needs to be like at least a little bit of space in between your face Shit, and the I other. gotta stop doing that. I know you do it all the time. <laughs> but like she'll come and just like have her nose literally inches away from yours. And it's like, but personal space is a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just wants so. to get all up close and personal. It's all about you, isn't it, Taco? <laughs> Right, so can... so one of these items that I came across um, is called a pendulum oracle. And this mm-hmm. is something that like when I describe it, I feel like people will be like, oh, yeah, I've probably seen this in a movie or something before. Like I can't pinpoint, but it's it sounded somewhat like something I had seen reenacted before. But a pendulum oracle is basically just like a thread or a string with a weight at the end. It could be like a stone or like a ring or something just weighted. Um, and basically it's like hung over something like either yeah. some sort of like like alphabet or numbers or right. some sort anything and you kind of like the way you ask it questions and the way that the weight swings and where it lands over indicate answers to the questions i, I think i have seen slash also heard of these like there's probably like of some like cheesy 2000s movie that used this as like a fucking Again, like a, a device to contact the devil or something. Yeah. You know where I'm like, I've seen I've seen this seen in this, yeah. images of this for, before, for sure. Um, so there was a story, again, this is something that comes up in like history of the Ouija board um, things online, that it, this was not a Ouija board, this was a pendulum oracle. But there was a pendulum oracle that was once used, used in ancient Rome. 
to predict who the next king would be. So I didn't go far Man, into that's like risky. Dude. Yeah, that's just rolling dice there. Like I, I know <laughs> it's just like fucking Bob the Builder over yeah. here. He's like king, <laughs> king. Um, I don't. I didn't go deep into like the history of why they were trying to like predict the next king, or I don't know why there wasn't some sort of succession, or maybe they elected their kings at this point. I don't know. But um, basically, there were two men. You're gonna love this. Oh no. Um, their names were Patricius and Hilarious. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> I, I, I knew you it, it, would you love right it. Right away, though, I thought about how your dad calls Hillary hilarious. I know. I when I read it, I was like, yeah, he calls her hilarious yeah. because her name's Hillary. Yeah, and she's hilarious. And, she's but, just and I read else. it, and I was like, that's a real name. <laughs> yeah. I, why do I feel like one day we're gonna like see Hillary's birth certificate and it's gonna be like hilarious, blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, like, honestly, I wouldn't even be shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because like she's Greek. I mean, this is ancient Rome. You know. Same shit. Same shit, man. Some of the names definitely overlap. That's that's a possibility. (laughs) So Patricius and Hilarious. (laughs) What does Patricius mean? I feel like that there's a that's a word. It is a word. It's a word. I don't don't know know what it means. I'm not smart enough to know these things. I don't know. In this story, it's a name. It's a name. <laughs> I'll, you I'll look know. it up later. <laughs> um, so Patricius and Hilarius carved the letters of the alphabet into the outer rim of a dish, a circular dish. Okay. And then they had a priest hold a pendulum over top of it made of fine cotton string with a ring fastened to the end of it. So the, the pendulum. Um, and then they watched the pendulum swing over various letters and recorded the ones that it stopped over for a period of time. Okay. So spelling out something. So the um and then what it spelled out, they were like, oh, that's the name of this person, and that should be the next king. Um, unfortunately, the two men were eventually tried for treason and hung. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I started laughing too early. No, no, no it's not funny. But it's I mean, so like, so fucking dramatic. Like, I <laughs> as was oh, also as was the successor that they had supposedly named with the pendulum oracle. Oh, that's so like, they hung all that three guy of them. did nothing. I know. That I was like, that's just so unfair. That guy was just a victim of circumstance. Unless he there. was like in on it. I feel like he must have been in on it right. if he was also killed. Because right. they were probably like, you three conspired. They're fuckers. like, okay, we're going to go into a room. We're like, okay, we'll say that it's Mark. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's me. And then when I become king, I'll like you make I'll you guys. you guys. Yeah. And it's probably, I'm sure that's what they assumed happened. I have no idea. That's so funny. But also but, like, maybe they just didn't need to be killed over it. Just put them in jail. I mean... Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is ancient Rome, right? So they were just like chopping heads, like just <laughs> left, 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 right, in the center, left, right, in the center, <laughs> hanging people, yeah, like just hanging Christmas yeah. lights. <laughs> <laughs> Are you good? What was with that pillow smack? <laughs> I feel like that's something everybody probably heard too. <laughs> she just got really like aggressive all of a sudden, just like punched the. Pillow I just through. like wet, fluffed my pillow. It was folding over. It was like folding I know, over. Was then I was like, I need to. I just I. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, <laughs> I just smacked the mic. You like? Do you need a minute? Do we need to take a break? I feel like this is one of those ones. This is one of the goofy, loopy ones when we're like not ourselves. I burp. I'm like, not myself. I it's just, the Ouija board. It's the Ouija board. It's I the am, pendulum or oracle. Whatever. I am hilarious from ancient <laughs> Rome. I'm Patricius. <laughs> I'm gonna Google it now. You keep talking. I need to know what this word okay. means. This is gonna drive me insane. Um. So yeah. So they were all they were all killed so don't use pendulum oracles guys don't do it it'll get you into big big trouble you're gonna get killed um (laughs) another one um that's often confused with just using a ouija board is spirit writing 
So, oh, okay. So we talked about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think we talked briefly about automatic writing in the Patient's Worth episode, which spirit writing is just kind of a version of that, um, which was a very common method for communicating with the dead in China, dating back to the Liu Song dynasty, which is around 420 to 479 CE, so common era. Um, the method was later called Fuji which basically means planchette writing. Okay. So it's because if you picture a planchette that's used on a Ouija board, um, but it would be um, – it, it it would be – sorry. It uses a suspended sieve or a tray. Okay. So I think kind of like a planchette to guide a stick, which writes characters in sand or incense ashes. Okay. If you were going to like try and make one of these like modern day, um, I've seen ones where it looks like a planchette from a Ouija board and there's like a pencil fastened to it. Oh. And then it's like writing. It just goes. It's just automatic writing. You have like your hands on it and it's going to write. Okay. Um, So that is something that was very common in China at that time. Um, Spirit writing was very popular and um, before it was outlawed sometime during the Qing dynasty, which is 1644 to 1912 CE. Okay. So sometime in there. Um, Spirit writing is still in practice today. Though at Taoist temp- temples in Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Malaysia, as well as folk shrines in China. Okay. So even though it was outlawed, um, I-, I think it's just an ancient practice that that people used for so long that that people still hmm. used it in in probably like religious ways. Okay. Um, again, I think a lot of what we're used to when it's all like contacting spirits and whatnot, like it's so much related to like demons and like yeah. the devil and all this stuff. But I think there's a lot of practices in ancient history where contacting spirits was not a negative thing. Right. It was seen as more of like a religious thing or like contact love or contacting loved ones or yeah. contacting, which we'll get into a little bit later, like um like angels as yeah. well. So that well, that's something I that comes into play. when it comes to like Ouija boards and stuff. It's like if I'm going to hunker down to do one, I'm not going to be like, I want to meet the devil. I'm going to be like, let's talk to some nice angels that are going to yeah, tell man. us good things. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, like, I think if you're going into it with, like, you know, a demonic side of things, you're the problem. But the you're thing the is, is that the demons trick you. Ah, fuck those pesky they're, demons. Remember where demons are tricksters. They are tricksters. Yeah. Tricks are for they kids, They trick you into guys. thinking they're the nice ones. Tricks are for kids. Tricks are for kids. Tricks are for kids. Um... So, Watches get sponsored by whatever cereal that it tricks. That's what it I is. I love tricks. I never really got into it's it, good. but no, I good. will for sponsorship. Mm, okay. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Do anything for a sponsor. Yeah, honestly, we're just <laughs> Horus for sponsors at this point. So an early example of automatic writing connects to something that I personally came across when I was at the History of Science Museum in Oxford. Because um, Luke and I were looking at like all those, all you know, like a very museum e where like all these glass sort of cases with like things in it, mm-hmm. and Luke was like, "Come over and look at this," and I was like, "Oh my god, that looks like a Ouija board," um, and I was like, "And that's kind of what gave me the idea for this episode because I was like, oh my god, it's like an ancient Ouija board that's yeah. so cool," um, and it said it dated back to like the 16th century, but it was not a Ouija board. So it at first glance, I th- I thought it was a Ouija board, but it turned out to be called um, it's called a holy table. Okay. It was created by a man named John D. in the 16th century. So um, I'm just going to – I could have summarized this, but there's just a little blurb about it on the museum – the History of Science Museum website that's kind of like – that was on the plaque that we read. So I'll, I'm just going to actually read it out because it gives a summary of like what it is and who John D. was. 
So in his own lifetime, the mathematician... That's me snapping because Oscar's about to steal Taco's lunch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to steal her lunch? Come on. That's like, you, like a school bully. Like, honestly, <laughs> like, how dare you? <laughs> um, so in his own lifetime, the mathematician John D., who lived uh, 1527 to 1609, enjoyed an international reputation as a scholar and acted as an, envi- an, an advisor to Queen Elizabeth I., However, he is now most mostly famous, or rather notorious, for his, quote, angelic conversations. Okay. In which, with the help of his medium, Edward Kelly, he claimed to have conjured a series of angels in the years between 1582 and 1589. This was no fringe pursuit. During the Renaissance, angels were believed to retain knowledge of the supernatural reality underlying the physical world of God's creation. Hmm. Adam and therefore mankind, had lost this knowledge when expelled from the Garden of Eden. John Dee believed that through interactions with angels, he could obtain a true understanding of both the spiritual and natural realms. For him, angelic communication was as viable as a method as mathematics for understanding the natural world. Under instruction from the archangel Uriel, a brightly painted wooden table was created on which the characters of the Enochian alphabet were inscribed. Angels could simply indicate successive letters to convey messages, which Kelly would then interpreted for D. The original wooden table is lost. This marble copy, made nearly a century after D's work, was based on a published engraving that appeared in 1659 in a volume containing detailed transcripts of D's angelic con- consultations. The marble copy may have been owned by the astrologer William Lilly, the author of a series of popular ast- astrological almanacs and an authority on more recondite questions of angel spirits and fairies Hmm. the copy of a renaissance artifact shows that an interest in the occult continued into the 17th century a period traditionally seen as witnessing the rise of inductive and experimental approaches to the study of the natural world so basically this guy john d was an advisor to the queen he was a mathematician he was a highly logical person Mm -hmm. But he believed that communicating with angels was also a highly logical pursuit, which I find interesting. extremely interesting. It, that's, that is interesting because it's normally like that That would be such a conflicting. Yeah. Like. I, I just. Yeah. yeah. Today we would be like, that's so not related no. to science. Yeah. But he that's the way he saw it. And okay. I think that's the way maybe a lot of people saw it back then because we didn't know a lot about science. Yeah. And, Obviously, the more we've discovered about science, the more we've realized that some of these things aren't scientific, right? also, like, not necessarily possible, per se. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, the thing that kind of stuck out to me was I was like, I don't know what the Enochian alphabet is. That's what's on the – Yeah, I was going to Inscribed on the table. And I have a picture of it. Like, I I took a picture of it when we were there. So, I'll post this, like, on our Instagram. Um, But the Enochian – I looked into it a little bit more. Apparently, John Dee and his medium, Edward Kelly, created um, what is – called now Enochian magic in the 16th century. It's a type of ceremonial magic, um, and Enochian magic is based on John Dee and Edward Kelly's writings, which they said were delivered to them directly through the communication with angels. Um, My research on automatic writing alludes to these early messages from angels and possibly the alphabet itself being the products of automatic writing. I think that's kind of what they started with. Um. It's called Enochian magic because they believed the information given to them gave them access to secrets contained within the Book of Enoch, which 
which is because again i was like what the fuck is that um so it's an ancient hebrew apocalyptic text so enoch was the great grandfather of noah Okay. Noah, the one that built the ark. Right, okay. Um, and the book apparently contains unique writings about the Genesis flood and introduced information about the origins of demons, why some angels fell from heaven, visions of heaven and hell, and the appearance of um, the Messiah as well as the resurrection and final judgment. So this was like, I guess, one of the most like the early, one of the earlier texts that a lot of Christian stories and values were based off of but it was eventually expelled from the bible so it's not actually included in the bible okay um but obviously john d and edward kelly believed that it was the book that sort of had all these like the answers to again the knowledge that we lost when adam and eve were expelled from the garden of eden so the basically the, the religious understanding of it is that they were given the knowledge of god and all the knowledge of the natural world but then once they like eve ate the apple and god was like you're fucking out of here and then you just ruined it for everybody (laughs) you like you you lost all that knowledge so mankind in general lost that knowledge it was all erased from from our sort of like consciousness yeah okay Um, interesting that's the theory and so john d and edward kelly communicating with angels were like they're they're the ones they still have that knowledge because they're angels so they can give us that knowledge Mm, and that's kind of what their pursuit was okay um so the book of enoch was written around 200 bce before common era and it's said to have a massive influence on early christian beliefs and then like i said it was originally accepted by christianity but then was later excluded from the bible um from biblical canon John D said that um, in order to communicate with angels, you had to do it using their own divine language. So he created an alphabet that he called angelic, like the angelic alphabet, but was later termed the Enochian alphabet. Okay. So that's basically what it is that's written on on the board. And he claimed that this was the language that Adam used to speak with God, but then it was all lost after they were expelled from the Garden of Eden. Hmm. So it's just like this is all the – this is what I mean is that Ouija boards weren't weren't always used as this sort of like tool to like communicate with the devil. Yeah. Um, a lot of these devices – and again, this isn't technically a Ouija board. Um, it sounds more like – because I, w- I was reading all this and I was like, okay, so how did they actually use it though? Because again, the early times it sounds like they were doing automatic writing until they could get enough information to like develop this alphabet and then they inscribed it onto like a piece of marble. So – in order to use the holy table, the two men would – this is so interesting to me, especially because, again, it, it, he was a very scientific like person. He was a mathematician. I don't know how this even would have worked, but anyways. The two men would place a crystal ball in the center of the table between all of the Enochian symbols, and the messages would supposedly manifest within the crystal ball. Oh, but that isn't how science works. I'm like, so they just – saw letters manifest 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 like that's probably what they were chanting i mean honestly that is the chant that's where that song came from i'm yeah i don't i'm at a loss for words i'm like so these dudes just were like and then the letters appeared in the crystal ball i swear queen elizabeth the first like smoke that's what I probably would, everything when they smoke though because <laughs> yeah. like yeah you smoke enough you're, you're gonna see some shit manifest like yeah. it's yeah. happening the queen's personal chef is chopping up some real fine mushrooms yes. in their stew that afternoon yeah they had mushroom tea <laughs> right before um so that's apparently how they used it from what i read 
this definitely this wouldn't technically count as a Ouija board or even a talking board because you're not obtaining the messages through a hands-on sliding or rolling message indicator such as a planchette right okay so for it to qualify as a ouija board according to like there was this article that i read that was sort of um highlighting all these things that people were claiming that that are ouija boards yeah that were ouija boards in history and they were like this is not technically a ouija board because of this this and this so it would it would have to have a message indicator a planchette or something and you have your hands on it and it rolls or slides around on a board Mm -hmm. to connect the messages so if it's not that then it's not a ouija board okay so because these dudes were yeah. using a crystal ball it's not a ouija no. board even no. though it very much looks like one and when i show you guys the no picture, it's way you're, more scientific you're gonna agree you're gonna be like wow that looks like a ouija board but it's not um <laughs> so as mentioned in the patient's worth episode the fox sisters in new york played a huge role in the rise in popularity of spiritualism in north america they would travel around new york state displaying their abilities by publicly demonstrating how to contact spirits from beyond the grave Okay. So we talked about, in that episode, we talked about why spiritualism was very appealing to people during a time when, one, the average lifespan was like less than 50. Yeah. Men died at war, women died in childbirth, children died of illness. So there were many, many, many people who found the idea of being able to contact their dead loved ones extremely alluring. So, and even still to this day, of that's course, the case. Of like, course. But... um. We'll talk about later why Ouija boards and, like, contacting spirits, like, there's a rise in that during times of, like, uncertainty and um, loss because okay. it's just yeah. more people are experiencing it's easier that. To, like, it's almost easier to cope with loss if you, like, think you still have connection and, like, have or a way to access. connect, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, even um, Mary Todd Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln's wife, Ooh. Was said to have conducted seances inside the White House after their 11-year-old son died of a fever in 1862. Oh, man. To go of a fever, that's, like, that's rough. Like, yeah, yeah, I didn't know that that happened. And, like, in the White House. Yeah. Like, there's been seances in the White House. Oh, shit, Isn't that crazy to think about? It's haunted, for sure. Oh, for sure it is. Are you kidding me? For sure that place is haunted. Yeah, it's haunted. Think of a more haunted place. You can't. I mean, yeah. You can't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The problem with contacting the dead by the late 19th century, which we again talked about in Patience Worth, was that it was just so darn tedious. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so dang tedious. Yeah. People would run through the alphabet waiting for a knock on the wall. Like A, B, See, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> like, and then you'd have to start all over again and just do that for every single oh, yeah, letter, you know? Or um, there was like the table turning thing oh, that I talked about. Oh, how the turntables. Where like the table would be like <laughs> to, like lifting and moving and then everyone would be like, it's not me moving it. And it's just like, but okay, but you don't even, I mean, how would you even get answers to what no. you're asking? Yeah. I think, I think the, from what I read, it was like the table would lean one way for yes and like one way for no. And it's just like, Again, that's so fucking tedious. Yeah. Um, so much work. <laughs> Contacting the dead needs to be simplified. It needs it to really be simplified. Does. Yeah. <laughs> in 1886, an article came out in the Associated Press um, about a talking board that was being used among spiritualists to talk to the dead. So Charles Kennard caught wind of this. And, and in 1890, he pulled together a group of investors and was like, why don't we, why don't we patent this? Mm-hmm. So under the Kennard Novelty Company... Um, and eventually, the International Novelty Company, which operated in Canada, they 
they pursued this. So none of them were spiritualists from what anyone can find. They just saw a business opportunity and they jumped on it. So I don't think any of them actually like really believed that the Ouija board was what like like worked the way people thought it was working. But they were like, yeah, but people are going to buy them. So we're going to we're going to sell it to them. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Make that money. Get your money. (laughs) (laughs) The the tricky part about getting the patent, though, which is this is like just so funny to me, was that they had to prove that the board worked. Yeah. To to get that is how you get a patent. Yeah. So one of the investors, Elijah Bond brought along his sister-in-law, Helen Peters, who was apparently a medium. Um, he brought her to the patent meeting. So it was Elijah, Helen, and then like the patent officer. So the chief patent officer asked for a demonstration using the board. And he said that if the board could spell out his name, then he would grant them the patent. So he hadn't told them his name at this point. Okay. So he's like, you don't know my name. So if the board can spell it out, just full well knowing my name and spell it, I'm assuming correctly, then I'll give you a patent. Um, by the end of the day, on February 10th, 1891, they had secured the patent. Oh, snap. So, this is the story. Whether it was the mystical powers of the Ouija board or whether Elijah, who was a patent attorney himself, had, like, already known the guy's name going in or had looked into him. Yeah, it's not that hard to do a little bit of research uh, and be like... I'm sure it's very possible that that he knew his name. (laughs) Yeah. And he had his name, he had his fingers on the planchette and was like, I'm going to move this shit around yeah. and I know I, your name. I, hold we my don't, beer. I got To be this. honest, we will never know. No. But as Unless the story goes, they got the, the patent. Find out. Yeah. They got the patent and the uh, patent officer was apparently sufficiently freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> um, by 1892, the Kenner Novelty Company had grown their business from needing one factory in Baltimore to seven factories across Baltimore, New York, Chicago, and even London. Hmm. Hmm. By 1983, Charles Kennard and Elijah Bond had left the company, and the company was being run. Sorry, 1983. No, did I? I, I wrote 1983. That should be 1883. Okay, for yeah. a second, I was like, I thought we were still 18. Okay, my bad. So yeah, it is 18 then. I'm just thinking. I'm like, yeah, it should. No, you know what? It should be 1893. That's 1893. What it should be. Okay. Okay. So like 18. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No, sorry. it's that's okay. I was just like, I thought I was like, I swear, I thought I was paying attention. Good. <laughs> yeah. No, we're in the late 1800s. <laughs> okay. So 1892, they they had seven factories. By 1893, a year later, Charles Kennard and Elijah Bond were no longer with the company. Okay. The company was being run by William Fould. Um, he had been hired into the company pretty early on as an employee and a stockholder. And um, in 1898, Fold licensed the exclusive rights to make the board with help from um, Colonel Bowie, who was one of the original investors, one of the original four, um, and who was at the time the majority shareholder. So apparently William Fold was like Colonel Bowie's like protege, which okay. is like how it was phrased in the article I was reading. Oh, okay. Um, so they obviously he was like, yeah, like uh, you can you can license the rights to it and like you can take it and run with it, basically. Yeah. Um, William Fold founded the Southern Novelty Company in Baltimore, which was eventually renamed um, Baltimore Talking Board Company based on advice he apparently received from a Ouija board. Oh, the Ouija board was like, yo, you should change the name to like the Baltimore yeah. Talking Board Company. Because yeah, that doesn't be- sound stupid. Because <laughs> that sounds not stupid at all. <laughs> Um, in 1919, so we're like almost 20, over 20 years on now. Okay, yeah. 
Colonel Bowie had sold his remaining shares in the business to William Fold, his protege, for one dollar. Oh, that's not a lot of dollars. So he straight up was like, you can take the rest of it, all my shares, I'll, I'll sell it all to you for one dollar. Why a dollar? I think it was just, I think with contracts and stuff, you have to sell it for something. Like, I think you have to sell it for like an amount of money. So he's basically like, I would give it to you for free, but I have to make it an amount. So I'll make it $1. Oh, I'd be like, at least give me enough money to go get a coffee or something. Obviously this colonel didn't give a shit. He didn't okay. need, maybe he didn't need the money. He also was the majority shareholder for that oh, yeah, those 20 fine. years. So he's probably making like a boatload of money. Yeah, he's um, fine then. He's doing good. He's yeah, doing good he's financially. Probably doing, he's probably sitting pretty. He's sitting good. He's probably dead now, but I mean like he he was sitting pretty. <laughs> he was. I mean, he could still be kicking it, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> so by 1920, William Fold had made 1 million in sales from the Ouija board. And a million dollars in 1920 was a lot of fucking That's like money. a jillion now. A lot That's of That's the conversion yeah. rate. Yeah, it does convert to about a jillion. A jillion. Yeah. <laughs> Approximately. If, for anyone wondering. <laughs> um, William Fold would later be falsely credited as the creator of the Ouija board after his death. Um, but apparently, while he was alive, he never, ever claimed to be the inventor of the Ouija board. He okay. just owned the rights to it. Fold died in 1927. After a freak fall from the roof of one of his factories. Whoa. A factory he had previously claimed the Ouija board told him to build. Oh, oh, he got got. He got got. He got got <laughs> is what happened there. Sold a soul to the devil, made a bunch of money, and then, and then they were like, the devil nah, nah, comes nah. to collect. Yes. He always comes the to devil collect. will collect. <laughs> he is whether a collector, you, that whether man. Whether you like it or not. He's <laughs> a collector happens. of souls. This is what happens. <laughs> so, eerie or not? I don't know. You decide. You know, there's there's no knowing. There's yeah. no knowing. Maybe just don't take your advice from a Ouija board. I don't know. That's all I can say. That's all I've been able to learn. How to not get killed? Don't take your advice from a Ouija board. Exactly. I think that, you know what's funny? We never actually give advice on how to not get killed. No, we, I know. We I never know. do. But that's a that's good That's why start. I like to throw it in there sometimes. Sometimes. Like, hey, we're doing yeah. our job. I find, too, we the only times we ever do do it are for, like, really ridiculous things. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I like, don't know. Really obvious things. Yeah. It's like, how to not get killed? Don't do this. And everyone's yeah. like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> don't jump off the roof of your factory. Thanks for nothing, yeah. Haley. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for nothing. We already knew that. <laughs> So, um, as I mentioned previously, you can trace surges in the Ouija board popularity alongside societal and cultural unrest and uncertainty. So, there were massive surges in sales in the 1910 to 20s after World War I. Um, this also would have been when Pearl Curran would have been using the Ouija board when she was contacted by Patience Worth. So, that right. was like, I'm pretty sure that was 1918. I remember it being very early. 1970, 1918, around there. So this was during a time when, again, it was like her friend brought over Ouija board and when like everyone's using these. It's like not a big deal. Yeah. Um, Even Canadian Prime Minister William Lyon Mackenzie King actively participated in contacting the spirits of deceased loved ones and mentors during this time. Mm. There were also surges in interest during the Great Depression. Um, and during the tail end of World War II in 1944. Apparently in 1944, there was a five-month period where over 50,000 Ouija boards were sold. Whoa, that's a lot. That is a lot, right? Doesn't that seem like a lot? That feels like a big number. Yeah. Especially for the time. Yeah. Because there was like, what, 10 people back then? Yeah. 
about 11. (laughs) Give or take. In 1966, uh, the Parker Brothers Toy Company bought the rights to the Ouija board. And in the year 1967, which is a year that saw droves of troops deployed to Vietnam, counterculture booming, um, and race riots all over the country, the Ouija board outsold Monopoly as the most popular board game with over 2.3 million boards sold. Imagine that, eh? It outsold Monopoly. Monopoly. And Monopoly's still like the best. Monopoly has a Monopoly on the board games. I think it does. I mean. I had to. Absolutely. I like I could not. Not say that. But, you know, there was one year in 1967 where it was knocked from its throne. Okay. By the Ouija board. That's got to tell you something. I know. I was like, that's just surprising. But it's just, again, like periods of unrest and uncertainty. People are turning to Ouija boards. Outside sources. I guess. So for the better part of the 20th century, the Ouija board made appearances in newspaper stories and pop culture. People tried to use them to solve crimes. Some dictated poems and books from spirits like Pearl Curran, um, her friend Emily Hutchings, and even Pulitzer Prize-winning poet James Merrill. Okay. There's like a poet that he won a Pulitzer for, or sorry, a poem he won a Pulitzer for that he said was dictated by a Ouija board. Interesting. Yeah. In 1958, one woman even left her entire estate worth $152,000 to the spirit of Mr. John Gales Forbes, whom she had contacted through the Ouija board before her death. She only but, left $1,000 to her servants and $152,000 to a ghost. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> what I need to know is, like, the, like, executor of that will, what'd they do? The judge the judge overturned it. Okay. The judge was, I like, was like, no. Who do we hand it to? I don't know. Do I, we I just can't, take I can't. the money and throw it into the fucking air like what do we do bury it like i mean (laughs) um i don't know who the money ended up actually going to i'm hoping it was just split amongst her servants because they only got a fucking measly thousand dollars oh man and again this was 1958 hundred and fifty thousand dollars that's a lot so much money that's like two bajillion (laughs) (laughs) that's like at least two bajillion dollars Um, like that's just that was so funny to me to read oh my gosh that's that's nuts mr john gales Man, Forbes, you were really obviously a convincing ghost you know? <laughs> um, i wonder if he was just like come on come on give it to me you know it probably was he was probably like leave me all your money i'll make sure you get into heaven man i'm, I'm I, I, I i got an in with the big also, man upstairs what is what's a ghost gonna do with money I don't know. Like, I have no idea. Because, like, if you need money in the afterlife, I'm going to be fucked. I know. If you They always it, say, like, you can't take it with you. Well, apparently you can. Apparently, yeah, maybe you can't take it with you, but you can come back and take other people's. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> fuck. This ghost, he probably just, like, gets a kick out of suckering people out of their money. Oh, man. Yeah. He's That's like, going to be like me. like a ghosty, like, ghost. That's going to be me being like, yeah. come on, can I borrow $150,000? Like, ah, I can't come even on. spend it, but, like, it's just fun just to see if I can do it. Yeah, <laughs> if I could do it and I done did it. <laughs> <laughs> so the aura around the Ouija board since initial advertisements was that it was weird and mystical, um, but it was also kind of, like, presented as, like, good family fun. Like it wasn't it wasn't seen as creepy. It wasn't seen as like demonic or yeah. like an occult item or anything like that. Like for this whole period of time that we're talking about, it really was just sort of seen as like harmless. It was like weird and kind of like just yeah, like harmless. Like we're just gonna have some family dinner tonight, contact the dead and call it a night. Yeah. 
like <laughs> essentially yeah um, i just call it a night it was it was almost like kind of perceived as like hokey rather than creepy okay you know okay um and and again like non-threatening for the most part but that all changed in <laughs> 1973. Honestly, I think one of my favorite things is when someone says, and that all changed. Because it's always just and like, it's always all the exact changed. opposite yeah. after. And it's like, yeah. and that all went Well, we know shit. how the Ouija words are perceived now. So it's sort of well, like, yeah. how do we get from here, from to, like it being a hokey family game to it being to like what we associate yeah. it with today, which is, surprise, surprise, The Exorcist. Yes. So 1973, yes. an entire generation of people watched 12-year-old Reagan McNeil play with a Ouija board and then become possessed by a demon. And yeah. like her whole fucking head spun around. Vomit like, all over the vomit place. Vomit everywhere, throwing people against walls saying and shit. Saying, things. saying some upsetting shit. Upsetting is yeah. a good <laughs> Yeah. I'm pretty sure even when we did finally like watch it together, we were just like, that was gross. It's and like so, that's, that's coming from you and I. It's vile. It is it's vile. Like it's, don't get me wrong, I love the exorcist. <laughs> yeah. Like it's 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 good family fun. <laughs> it's, it's fun for everyone. <laughs> it's like it's so entertaining and it's like so impressive to me that in 1973 like just the stuff that they pulled off with like yeah like practical effects and stuff like that yeah. too like in the prosthetics like they did a really good job they changed the entire perception of the ouija board by themselves just with one movie yeah um and i bet that that wasn't even like their intention it wasn't either. their intention no it was just something that well we know that the exorcist was based off of the case of roland doe and his aunt was a spiritualist. Mm -hmm. So in, I guess, maybe in attempts to try and, like, keep it to the story that they were basing it off of and, like, maybe keep certain things accurate, maybe mm -hmm. that's why they incorporated the Ouija board. But I don't think it was their intention to sort of demonize the Ouija yeah. board. I think they were sort of like, this to is To fuck sales up. <laughs> this is a scary story. And we're going we're gonna to tell it as scary as we can. We're going to amp um, it up. And they did. And they did. They done did it. <laughs> so... So, yeah, so they basically, it changed all of society's perception of the Ouija board. People believed that the Ouija board was a tool in accessing, like, the gateway to hell, basically. Okay. And this association of the Ouija board with satanic and occult rituals happened almost overnight because of the exorcist. Hmm. Robert Robert Murch, the historian I mentioned earlier, says, yeah. quote, for at least 10 years afterwards, it's no joke. The Exorcist actually changed the fabric of pop culture. Yes. And it very much that's did. A, that, that's yeah. like, I feel like that's a, a very accurate statement to make. I think he equated it to um, after Psycho came out, people were afraid to shower because of the shower scene. Whereas like after like, <laughs> The Exorcist came out, people oh, were afraid fuck, of I'm so scared right now. <laughs> <laughs> becky and i becky and i had a conversation about um bloody mary which i like, was telling her about like my, my childhood best friend <laughs> i was making ouija yeah. boards and playing bloody mary like every other kid <laughs> so i just i was telling her about how i didn't realize that after like literally like 20 plus years of best friendship with my friend Alyssa, how terrified she still is of Bloody Mary. <laughs> and she was like saying how when she's like in like the shower or in the bathroom and everything that she just like rushes at like full fucking speed to get the hell out of there. So I was just telling her about that. And then we were, I don't know, doing well, the whole and 
we were joking we were talking like, about how sometimes like just because of all the horror movies and stuff that we've yeah. watched where like when you're like washing your face yeah. or something and you're leaning over yeah. your sink and you're like okay like i have to close my eyes because you don't want to get soap and stuff in your eyes sometimes or like cleanser open. and sometimes you're just like okay wash really fast yeah. because then when you like stand up you're expecting there to be something in the yes. mirror behind you just because well, like that's that you like want there to be something there. well i don't but i'm just like it's almost like you're just like you know yeah. something's there but then we watched the like the one meme where it was just like this girl washing her face and it's like holy fuck i'm so scared right now <laughs> her eyes are closed she's like <laughs> rubbing soap on her face she's like i'm so scared right now <laughs> so yeah basically it really did change the fabric of everything <laughs> people were afraid to I, shower after psycho i can't people close were afraid a to wash their door. face <laughs> i can't like close a fridge door like if if a fridge opens to like I don't know, an open space. And then I go to close it. I always think there's going to be a person standing there like oh, yeah. behind the door always. trying to kill me. Sometimes I can't even look at like um, like a <laughs> hallway, like looking down a hallway or something. Like I'll just be like, and something's going to be just, just going to appear there. Yeah. It's going to be like the twins from The Shining or yeah. just like some figure. Yeah. Like if I look at it long enough, something yeah. will appear. Oh, God. What was that? What was that one? It was like a short or something. I think it was called Lights Out. Oh, yeah. I sent this to you, didn't I? You sent me lights out? I don't know. I told everybody about it Maybe before the movie did. came out, but they made a movie about it. Yes. Yeah. I can't watch that one because that the- short literally ruined my life. Yeah, I know. Like, it, th- as soon as we got the, I can't, I don't want to say it because then the speaker's going to talk, but the G-O-O-G-L-E, whenever... Like, when we got that, I was so happy to be able to, like, say, hey, that word and have the lights turn out because for the longest time, I was terrified of, like, having to roll over and turn my light out and, like, that face be there. It was so scary. I mean, the movie itself isn't as scary as the short. It's just not. Like, it's okay. The short fucked me up. Because the concept of it is scary, but the short film... Yeah, one of my like, friends sent it to me. She's standing in the hall doing the lights. I, oh I my can't God. watch it. And the it. sounds as well are like just I so, just can't watch so it. It's so scary. My friend sent it to me and he was like, you got to check this out. I watched it at like 4.30 in the afternoon in my living room. My parents were in the kitchen making dinner. Like every, it was just like a broad. <laughs> Holy fuck, I'm so scared. It was like broad daylight. <laughs> like it was like, and, uh, and it's like four minutes yeah. long. And I walked into the kitchen after and I was like. I'm scared. genuinely scared. I was terrified. There wasn't even wasn't even dark out, no. so it's like not even like I could turn lights out and experience any sort of like no. real visceral association with what I had just watched. It was like I was just so panicked. Yeah, and my parents were like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "I just watched this really scary short film," and they were like, "Okay, <laughs> you're like, fucking you okay? weird." Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, like something's wrong with our daughter yeah like, and which I, one are you fucked up i i still credit that short yeah. film as being one of the scariest movies i've ever watched yeah it's so well yeah done. no if anyone I, i'm like, still scared on, of it i think it won um i can't i want to say it was vancouver it was like a vancouver film festival winner or something like that hmm. that's like someone sent me a link from it so if anyone yeah if anyone maybe we'll is just interested just you can i link. think it's online it's probably on youtube or something because mm-hmm. they did make a movie like a full feature film out of it yeah you can um, just search lights out it's gonna pop up right away yeah it'll come up watch yeah. it it's terrifying yeah it's so scary i almost want to watch it right now i, I honestly <laughs> it's one of those ones for me like i don't think i can i know <laughs> and i, I never I'm normally watched fine. After that. i'm normally like fine with stuff I'll, I'll get scared but like that it ruined me I think the first time I watched alone it was when I was in my apartment by myself. It was so and I was just like, well, now I'm done. Yeah. And now I have to live here by myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like come on. Um, Terrifying. So, so, yeah. Basically, after The Exorcist came out, 
you best believe that like <laughs> movie makers were cashing in on this like newfound fear of the Ouija board. Yeah. Because as we, I'm sure as we all know, not all of us, but I mean like pro- anyone of mine and Becky's age growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, like almost yeah. every movie had a Ouija board in it. Yeah. Almost every horror movie had yeah. something. Or like at that. least like alluded to like the paranormal in that way. Anything that was, yeah, paranormal that based. Yeah. There was always like some sort of connection to a Ouija board or yeah. some sort of like occult relic or object or device or something or some kind of like chant around yeah that was like a gateway yeah like a keeper of spirits or whatever right um so (laughs) we're in the 19th century the ouija board was perfectly compatible with christians um because it allowed people to gather for a seance on a saturday evening and not get in the way of church attendance on sundays like it was like in this spiritualist movement there was no pushback from Christianity because it was like seen as compatible with it. It wasn't like, oh, there's a ritual aspect to spiritualism that like interferes okay. with Sunday church, basically. Oh, okay. But now they just did this one on Mondays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now, um, the the church was basically like denouncing Ouija boards as like tools of the devil, um, claiming it was Satan's preferred method of communication. Yeah, I really feel like that wouldn't be his preferred method of communication, but okay. Yeah, I feel like he'd be like a little bit more advanced than that. Just by a little now, bit. Like I feel I like know. if Satan himself is gonna be like, like th- he probably has a cell phone. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. At the very least, a landline. Like a multi-dimensional cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> for sure. Probably like sends a raven. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. With like a little scroll. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're writing a movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So the 70s were like kind of satanic panic, right? Yes. Like all of this stuff. And Chris- Christian groups were like, no, this is not associated with us at all. Which it wasn't. Like it didn't come out of Christianity. But yeah it for a t- period of time was seen as like perfectly fine like i said good family fun and now it was good like family fun now awesome. it was like if you have one or you use one or you even look at one you you're are a satan. devil worshiper yeah <laughs> you're satan <laughs> um but ouija board sales interestingly enough haven't necessarily dropped um the reason for people buying them have just changed people yeah. are are intrigued by them i feel like it's more so in like the vein of like curiosity now yeah like people are curious about them because they're seen as creepy and less for spiritualist reasons what they were made for like contacting the dead or contacting dead loved ones or like communicating with spirits i think now people are more like interested because of this like pop culture aura around them yeah like creepy and scary and that draws people in when you would think that it wouldn't but everybody loves a little bit of danger right (laughs) (laughs) who doesn't love living on the edge (laughs) you know so i think it's one of those things where it's like when someone tells you like don't touch that and you're like oh but i want to now but i want to yeah it It makes makes it it more appealing right Yeah. yeah so um there was a little bit i read just about and this is something that i wasn't sure if you had known but it's something that, I, like, a lot of my friends discussed in high school and stuff after we, like, reflected on using them. And we're like, well, obviously they don't work because, like, of this, this, and this. This is something that I had heard yeah. many people say that basically scientists have found that Ouija boards work on what's called the ideometer effect, which is basically, like, an automatic muscular movement that takes place without the conscious will or volition of the individual. Okay. So it's sort of like everyone's got their hands on the planchette. And you're all like, oh, I swear I'm not moving it because you are not consciously moving it, but you are subconsciously moving it. Yeah. So that's something I had heard. 
Whereas um, there's people like me that are like, I'm not moving it. And I'm like, <laughs> definitely moving and it. And again, it's sort of like, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> obviously there's always someone, right? That's like pushing it around. It's like uh, you and me are going to do it. I'm death, just going to be death. like, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I found interesting was that there were um, researchers who actually have tried to do experiments with Ouija boards. Okay. Like real scientific research with Ouija boards. Um, so they did a, an experiment where um, there were participants who were told that they were like playing with a person in another room via teleconferencing, which was actually, they didn't know, but it was like a robot um, giving them answers or like communicating with them. But they were, um, they were told that they were using a Ouija board and it was mimicking the movements of the person in the other room. So in actuality, the robot's movements simply amplified the participants' motions and the person in the other room was just a ruse and a way to get the participant to think that they weren't controlling the Ouija board. Mm. It was like, oh, there's someone else in the other room controlling the Ouija board, so it's not you. But really, there wasn't. It was just the person sitting okay. there, the participant with the Ouija board. Okay. And their subconscious, the ideometer effect kicking in and moving it for them, Right. Right. Participants were asked a series of yes or no fact-based questions like, is Buenos Aires the capital Brazil? Were the 2000 Olympic Games held in Sydney? Like things like okay, that. Okay, I already fail all of these. I'd be like, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> so basically it wasn't like, yeah, the questions weren't supposed to be questions that like everyone certainly would know. Yeah. They were supposed to be sort of like half and half. Yeah. Um. So, and they expected the participant to use the Ouija board to answer the questions. Yes or no. Mm. So they weren't like spelling anything out. They were just moving it to yes or no. Um, but again, the participant didn't think they were moving it. Okay. Which is the interesting part. But what the team found was that participant, when participants were asked verbally to guess the answers to the best of their ability, they were right about 50% of the time, which is typical for any sort of like guessing scenario. You're going to yeah. get it right about 50% of the time when it's a yes or no question. But when they answered using the Ouija board, believing that the answers were coming from like another someplace else, they answered correctly upwards of 65% of the time. Hmm. So the researcher was saying it was so dramatic how much better they did on these questions than if they answered to the best of their ability um, it, it just verbally. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they're kind of like theorizing that maybe the Ouija board tapping into your like on like subconscious thoughts yeah that you might subconsciously know the answer to, to some of these questions you just can't remember them yeah but if you can use the ouija board and you don't really think that you're answering the question you're like but allowing it's your, subconscious, your brain to do the work yeah. yeah it's like they they think it could potentially be a tool for like accessing the human subconscious okay in a, in a scientific yes. way. Yeah. No. And that – see, I feel like if we're going to make Ouija boards scientific at all, that is what makes sense to me. Yeah. Like that's a really interesting experiment yeah. because, again, we we know that if you're guessing answers to stuff, you're going to get it right 50% of the time. That's yeah. like a 50-50 thing. That's that's the average for that's guessing. The, way the fact is. that people were getting it right 65% of the time yeah. is so interesting and that's a pretty significant jump. It's not like 52%. Yeah. You know, yeah. so they were saying that they want they do want to do more experiments like this, but also it's really hard to get funding for experiments with Ouija boards. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> like So basically we're starting a fundraiser, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, um, who knows if there's any sort of like cool Ouija research that anyone comes across, like, please send it my way. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, Because that's very interesting. But 
yeah, that's kind of that's kind of like where I think the Ouija board in like modern day pop culture is. I think it in it's still used in horror movies as this sort of like well. it's a gateway to hell, whatever. But I think most people who know anything about a Ouija board know knows that it's it's not it's, necessarily it's that. Not, it's, no. I think there's still that like slight fear about it, especially if someone is religious. I think that plays into it a bit more. Yeah. Because if you if you believe heavily in God and religion, then you believe in the devil. Yeah. Um, but if you're not religious at all, then like all of that probably just seems very mystical and yeah and fictional to you. Yeah. So I think that that definitely probably plays into how much it scares people. I think for me, it's always been that feeling of like I'm not really very religious anymore. Yeah. But I've always been a person who's sort of like, we don't, there's so much we don't know about the world. I think that's, you know? yeah. And so in my mind, if there's even like a point zero 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 one percent chance yeah. that if I fuck around with a Ouija board, it's going to either like fuck me up or yeah. like fuck with my mental health or make me super paranoid or whatever. Or or, or experience things that I truly believe I'm experiencing. flying out at or like, you. Yeah. Then like, I just don't want to. That's yeah. the only that's the yeah. only thing. <laughs> you don't wanna, but you don't want to tempt. But fate. I understand the science behind why why people think it works. Yeah. Like I understand the the sort of subconscious yeah. movements and all of that. I totally get that. Yeah. Um and I believe that, of course, cuz that is science. Yes. But I still just don't know if I want to touch one. I don't know. Guys, should we make her do it or what? <sighs> Maybe for our first live show ever. <gasps> We subject everybody to it. We're like, this is fucking happening. Lock everybody in here. It's about to get demonic. Let's oh do gosh. this. People in the audience are screaming. Is it? Like, <laughs> you know, and you know now that like people are gonna try and fuck with you. Of specifically. course. Of course. <laughs> like I even told you, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> I know like, you're gonna I can't like do it talk you. to like the lighting director and be like, okay, can you just at, at like a 45 seconds and just shut all the lights off? All of them. shut everything yeah. off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, this is good. Yeah, they'll no, turn them back on. Like, I feel like, like soiled myself. <laughs> piss my pants. Haley's <laughs> just standing there in a literal diaper. Like, <laughs> like and this is me now. <laughs> this is what I got to deal with. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Well. So, yeah, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Go play with a Ouija board. Do it. Contact all the demons and stuff and <laughs> do all that shit. Yeah. I liked that. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's one of those things where I guess the more you learn about something, sometimes like the less scary it becomes. Well, that's what I was saying about the Bloody Mary episode of American Horror Stories. Like it made me less scared of her because it gave her like a background story where Mm. I was just like, oh, I kind of feel bad for her now. Like, yeah, of course. Of course I'm going to, She was a person too. Yeah. Yeah. And the the background story that they gave her is very enticing to look like. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you'd I want to like watch it. it. I think I think actually think you'd like it a lot. I think I would. Yeah, but when I told that to my friend Alyssa, who's like terrified of Bloody Mary, she literally was like, "You're fucking with me," and she's still not going to watch it. And I was like, "No, I, no, I promise." I understand. I yeah, don't blame her. but also I probably also wouldn't believe a goddamn word I say either. Like, <laughs> no, honestly, I'm, filthy liar. I, no, it's not even that I'm a liar. It's just like I'm gonna <laughs> if I'm gonna fuck with my friends. Yeah, of course I'm gonna. Like, if, if given the opportunity, of course I'm gonna. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be like, gotcha, <laughs> you son of a bitch? <laughs> there's, there's just, like, nothing more fun than that. Yeah, it's true. It's all in good fun. That's what Halloween's good. all about, trick or a treat or yeah. both. Or just definitely, you know, trick it up, do do all the good stuff. <laughs> Man, fun stuff. 
Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. All right. Well, oh, where's my note? Becky. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Should we switch? Should I just fuck with you real hard and I need to read your part? You read mine? Do it. I okay. Mean, so yeah, sign up to be super cool and join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not get killed. And if you ever want to chat and connect with us, you can send us an email to how to not get killed at gmail.com. Or you can DM us or comment on our posts on Instagram at how to not get killed. And you can follow us on Twitter at H2NGK. This is why I make you do this part. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Oh, we said that in sync. But now you got to say. And we'll always remember to keep it sleazy. Damn fucking straight. Yeah. Happy Halloween, bitches. Happy Halloween. We love you all. Don't forget about the contest. Yeah, send us it. your costumes, send us your decorations. Happy Halloween. Keep We're going to pick a winner. And that's it. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you.